Hello everyone. Today we have with us Mr. Anjaneya Mishra as our guest speaker for the podcast series. Welcome to the podcast sir. Please allow me to introduce you. Anjaneya Mishra is an experienced leader with a demonstrated history of working across investment banking like he worked at Credit Suisse and startups. He is currently an MBA candidate at Finciart class of 21D and was previously regional director Asia at Genesis Technologies. which is a silicon valley health tech startup he worked with the union minister of commerce and industry and civil aviation in new delhi also he was the founder of orange is the new green a food tech company based out of mumbai and also the author of best selling teenage blues parenting blues so without further ado i would like to start off with today's podcast on all about mba entrance exams I believe without directly jumping into the intricacies I would request Mr Anjaneya to shed some light on what MBA actually means is it really worth doing and you can maybe merge this with reasons for doing an MBA and also what a candidate basically get out of it so welcome to this podcast well firstly thank you for that kind introduction um those are a lot of questions you posed to me so i'm going to start with with something smaller so I'm going to start with an MBA. So an MBA is basically helps you in many ways. Um, essentially, it, it it's like a bridge from one part of your career to another. Now you can think of it as a as a way for you to fast track or accelerate your career, or you can think of it as a way to transition from uh, one occupation to another. So. A lot of my friends who wanted to go into consulting would do an MBA to get into consulting. Uh, or banking, or so forth. Uh, or suppose you're working for a Fortune 500, you want to be a senior executive one day, so you do an MBA and then sort of rise up to the ranks. So that's where an MBA really helps you. Uh, it also gives you other things, um, so skills. Uh, so for example, if you're from a technical background, you get to learn about finance and management operations. So get a holistic view of like what it is to run a company. uh if um, you want to specialize in certain things so for example at ncrd had uh, a lot of electives so you could choose to specialize in in different subjects for example uh, operations management uh, venture capital investing uh crypto entrepreneurship things like that um so so you can do that as well so so it gives you those skills it gives you a very nice network so you leave with a with a bunch of good friends um and um it it gives you a brand name uh, which is important because it sort of becomes a calling card in the future so these are the reasons why an mba is important uh it's becoming increasingly so that that you can make do without one uh that makes sense because it's a very expensive degree uh especially if you do one from abroad um so any of the top business schools or global business schools either from the us or europe would be north of 100000 us dollars uh, which is approximately 1 crore uh, so they're really expensive so you can think about it like it's it's not essential for your career like you can make do without it uh, but it helps you in these respects you have to sort of weigh the pros and cons and and make your decision Alright, sir. So I will now list some of the myths around MBA, and you can maybe prove it right or wrong. Do you think? Do you think I answered your question? Yeah, yeah. 
I did, right? Yeah, because yeah. you, you asked me a bunch of questions. I wasn't yeah, sure yeah. if I answered all of them. So, yeah, just tell me if you want me to answer any specific question and I'll be happy to do so. All right. So, I will list yeah. some of the myths. So, first myth is that we need excellent academic background for doing an MBA. Is that right? Or like I mean, we, need a, um, we need to be the topper in our undergraduate or something like that. Only then we will be able to get in. I mean, it helps. It, it's not wrong. Uh, but, I mean, it's not essential either. Uh, it depends, actually. I mean, what, what you're targeting. So, for example, if you're targeting uh, HBS, Stanford, NCAD, NPS, uh, Wharton, you know, these top schools, then you need excellent academic. Uh, so, credential. if someone has a not so good academic, like an 70% or an 80%. So I mean, I wouldn't worry too much be... about it. See, it's... So, foreign MBAs, and this is only for foreign MBAs, right? So, they, they don't think like Indian MBAs. So, they're not too indexed on academics. Um, so, there are many things you can do. Suppose you don't do well in your undergrad for whatever reason. I mean, it's not the end of the world. So, you can think about, uh, for example, going for a master's before going for your MBA. That's a very common route to get into a top school. Uh, you can uh, actually do better on your GMAT. Uh, and then sort of that becomes the focal point of your academic experience. Uh, you can do really well in your work experience and, and have a very compelling story. Uh, and, and that will help you too. So it's sort of looked holistically. It's not like, oh, I mean, you only look at his marks and or her marks, for example, and then not sort of go ahead with it. But yeah, they do they do play a factor, of course. Got it. And the next myth is that only super intelligent students can crack exams like CAT and GMAT, and we need to be like uh, from a background where we are good in Aryabhatta or we are good in NTSC from the starting itself. I mean, I never did NTSC. So, I'm not sure how true that myth is. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you have to be a bright kid. You have to know what you want. Uh, you have to be like, you know, ambitious. You have to go get it. I think factors like these are actually more important than, than any exam you could crack in your life. Uh, because if, if, you're, if you're a go-getter, if you're ambitious, you can actually like sort of go out and figure your way because there are many different ways to get in. There isn't just one way. Um, and you go out, you do some research, you see, uh, like for example, you can go out on LinkedIn the way you reached out to me. Uh, and, and I'm sure there are so many people who would be more than happy to talk to young people uh, because we have all been in that position. So, so we sort of understand the fears and the worries and anxiety of being in that position. Um, and so you, you get a lot of guidance, you, you understand what could be a potential path for you. Uh, and you sort of tailor it yourself. Like, so, but the most important thing is you have to be driven and really, you should really want it, uh, that it will motivate you to go out and get it. Got it, sir. The next one is that a lot of money is needed or is there any scholarship routes or something like that? Yeah, no, this is absolutely true. You have to, you have to, you need to spend a lot of money. So, 
So Gmail is really expensive. Uh, I'm forgetting how much it is. Maybe two hundred and fifty dollars. I'm not sure. But that's that's a considerable amount of money for an exam. Uh, especially if you want to give it again. So try not to give it again. <laughs> try to get it done one go. That'll save you some money. Each college application is like a lot. Again, um, I'm forgetting how much. So I applied only to Harvard, Stanford, and NCI. Um, and I interviewed at, I got dinged at Stanford, I interviewed at Harvard and NCI. Uh, so <clears throat> I, did, I wasn't a very average candidate. Most people apply to like four to five places. Then they'll hire an admissions consultant who charge a bomb. Uh, admissions consultants are like a few lakhs easy. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, all in all, it's an expensive process. Um, on once you get in, then it becomes a little easier. So you have opportunities uh, for scholarships, and uh, so like in it gives a bunch of scholarships. Um, I know HBS does because I have a couple of friends who are going there. Um, so. And I'm sure Stanford does too, to be honest. Like I, all top business schools do because they want the best students and they don't want money to be something that really stops you. Uh, so you get you get a bunch of scholarships, which which is very nice. Um, you can, you get like really affordable loans. So you get, there are companies like Prodigy um, and there are a bunch of others. So they'll give you like a loan at 7%, uh, which you can start paying I think six months after you graduate uh, from your business school. So you have some time to look for a job uh, in case you know you want to take some time off uh, before looking for a job or you want to uh, just chill, whatever. I mean, whatever you want to do, it gives you that flexibility, basically. Got it. So the next one is that we must have a three, four years of work experience that will really help to get into an MBA program. I mean, I don't think you need work experience for CAT, uh, for IAMs and, and Indian MBA institutes. You do need it for ISB, uh, and you do definitely need it for, you definitely need it for ISB and, and foreign universities. So there are no like freshers who just graduated and got into NCR or? No. I mean, in NCR, you have this program, um, uh, so one of my close friends, um, her name is Mandy Baz. If you check her out, she's an American girl. So she uh, was doing her master's at Johns Hopkins in the US. And she, there's a program apparently where you can do a master's at Johns Hopkins and an MBA at INSEAD. In one in one go, I, I'm not sure what that program is. I, I really didn't have much time to look into it. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's the only person I know ever who got in without work experience. Got it. So, so the myths are now over. So the next question is that there are a bunch of specializations we can do with MBA, and mm -hmm. we are, it is really confusing how to decide which one to choose. And there is a concept of dual specialization in some uh, courses. And also, maybe you can merge this with uh, executive MBA and uh, also tell about that. Also. 
That's a very difficult question to answer, actually. So by specialization, do you mean like uh, like MBA in finance, some people MBA say, in marketing? Yeah. Like in India, we generally have MBA in finance and marketing and something like that. They are more like famous. Right. So I have the question is basically we have equal growth opportunities in e-specialization. Like in India, I don't think that finance and marketing are the top ones. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if you know that you're going to work in a certain industry for the rest of your life, then only then it makes sense to do a specialization in that industry or function. So if you know you want to be in marketing, then it makes sense, I guess, to do marketing um, or finance. But I imagine in finance, for example, in finance, IB firms would not look at a specialization. Um, I don't know about other other shops. So, but but I do know that IB wouldn't. Um, in in and, and that's really it actually. I mean, if you know you want to be there, you should go ahead and do it. Uh, if you don't know, um, or or maybe open to the possibilities of the future, uh, or you don't want to tie yourself down, then you can, you should do a general MBA. All right. So then you can take a what is an executive MBA? Executive MBA, from what I understand, um, again, don't know too much about it. Is uh, is an MBA that you do later on in your career, like when you're already like a, a senior manager level. So you're on the cusp of like senior leadership, basically. So sort of to push push you through the barrier of manager and, and senior leadership. Um, yeah, that's all, that's what I know about them. Um, they have the same courses as us. So they learn very similar things. Uh, they're definitely better taken care of. <laughs> uh, so uh, these institutes, they, they sort of uh, lavish more time and attention on these executive MBAs. Also because they're senior people. Uh, so they don't spend as much time on campus. They'll be there a couple of weeks in a year. Um, yeah, um, and and I guess your question would be why why do an MBA if you can do an executive MBA? They're for different stages in your life. So, uh, executive MBAs when you're older, uh, let's say you you're working now, you don't really see the need for an MBA right now, so you don't do it. And then later you're on the cusp, so you do really well, but you're on the cusp of like manager to senior leadership and you're like, oh, maybe I need a little bit of push to get through. Um, and so that's when you do it. Whereas, whereas an MBA is for like the young wild entry. <laughs> Got it, sir. So sir, there are many sessions organized in our college from IMA seniors of or alumni of ours. So the yeah. main question of concern is, should we do after graduation or work experience, which we earlier talked about? Like 50, 60% of uh, my batchmates are doing mm-hmm. a CAT exam. So should they do like right now? What's your personal opinion? 
I mean, I think the question boils down to whether you want to do an MBA in India or from abroad. Because we don't so, know na, right now. We are just exploring. We don't know what will happen after. Should we uh, go for so, placements? Or, yeah. I mean, I didn't want to do an MBA in India. I was very sure about it when I was in college. So, um. I mean, it's a good question. I can see why I can see why that would be uh, a conundrum right now. Um, see, all said and done, these are questions that you rarely ever have complete answers to uh, or full clarity on. So you just basically see what what you get. It's not a bad idea. So you. You do your three-year undergrad, you do your two years of MBA, you have a good time. So you're still in college, you continue to have a good time, uh, you know, and then you graduate, you get a good a good salary. Uh, it's, it's not as high as if you were to work uh, and then do your MBA, but of course, it's not terrible either. Um, and then, yeah, and then you start your career and then you just continue with that. So. It's not bad. It's not a bad option. Um, the only thing I would say, for, so what I would say for it is it saves you a bunch of time uh, in terms of doing an MBA, you know, because you're done with it. Uh, people abroad don't really understand this concept too well. So they're like, but you didn't work. So how did you do your MBA? So you have to explain that to them. So it can be a challenge in terms of transferability. Uh, but of course, like brand names like I'm Ambabad and um, I'm Bangalore are recognized abroad as well. So if you uh, get into one of those, uh, you're golden, so you can sort of move to Singapore and, and Hong Kong and, and basically these economies because there's a significant alumni base there. Um, if, however, uh, okay, so what I have against it is when you do your name in MBA, you uh, are learning very like sort of practical concepts. Uh, and then you you use this process of interrogation where you sort of assess your experience against what you're being taught by the professor. Uh, and you use that, that experience as an interrogation tool to sort of gain maximum value out of it. Uh, I feel that if you don't have the experience in the first place, what are you going to interrogate it as? Um, the real world operates in a very different way from, from university. So I would encourage you to step out and experience it. Maybe even, even if it's just for a year, you can, you can take a call on whether you want to do uh, CAT or any of the other exams or, or go abroad or ISB, whatever. I mean, there's so many options, uh, but sort of having that exposure is indeed quite helpful. Got it, sir. So, so, sir, you said that you didn't want to give MBA in India. So, what was the story mm -hmm. behind it? And we know that CAT is very, like, very competitive. Is the same case with GMAT or is it something else? Right. So, I'll answer the second question first. Uh, so, GMAT is uh, different than CAT. Uh, so, GMAT is, is like SAT. Uh, if you're familiar with that, it's like a it's like an online exam. You have to go to a center, 
they ask you a bunch of these really silly looking questions like uh, math and and logical reasoning and essentially basic skills um and they sort of see how quick you are how accurate you are cat i have no idea to be honest so so again i, I wouldn't want to mislead you with, with any half information that I, that i might have picked up from any straight conversations here and there uh i i believe they're very different uh, exams uh, because in in the cat you are uh, marked uh, in, in a normal way so you for example out of 200 or how many ever questions there are uh you will let's say you get 95% uh, right uh so about 190 questions right um and so you will uh then be sort of judged on that so you say i got 190 on 200 that's not how the gmat works uh the way the gmat works is you for every right question you are upgraded to a higher score level for every wrong question you are you are uh, sort of uh deelevated to a lower score level and that continues till the end of the exam and your level at the last question is the level at which you are at is your score so for example you start off at let's say everybody starts off at let's say 600 you get the first question wrong right you go 620 you get the second question right you go 640 keeps going on let's say you get every question right in a row which is very difficult to do because the difficulty increases uh with each score level so you get an 800 level question you get that wrong you go to 780 or 790 so that's how it is so why did you not consider cat in the first time what was the story behind it could you explain the story um i wanted to sort of have a little bit more exposure i so when i graduated i was very clear i wanted to be an investment banker since so i was in school actually i i don't know how that happened it just i think i was just reading a book and there was this book called liar's poker and then that somehow really caught hold of my imagination um and i imagined myself as an investment banker for many years um and then i finally got it uh and i was pretty thrilled about it so it didn't really make sense to do cat at the point because the amount i'm getting paid is what i graduates from cat would be getting paid so it didn't really make sense for me uh but to be honest i never really considered it because i was so focused on my goal uh i was like this is what i want to do um and and nothing else matters pretty much so yeah that was me um i was also a little intimidated by by cat i mean it's a little too competitive you know it's billions millions and millions of people uh like so many bright kids just trying to study and get good marks it just felt like too much for me um yeah. and i never felt that that was the that was the key to success so yeah even 99.7 percentile is not sure of getting to ima yeah yeah i know i know and and india has no dearth of like bright kids uh or you know who are like really motivated and studying hard so so yeah man it's it's a tough it's a tough game cat is a tough game 
All right, so that was all from my side. Any one life learning that you want to share to our life viewers, learning. or anything from NCR uh, that you learned, or anything? I mean, you guys should just remember to have fun because you won't get the years back. So, I mean, career works itself out. So, uh, you'll all find your way and just have fun, you know, because uh, you're young and and fresh. So cherish that I, I would i would like if i would do it over again i would have more fun than not all right thank you so much sir. that was all, all right bye bye bye, -bye sir. Good thank day. you bye